Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Barbara Deccan. Barbara Barbara Deccan. No, but I mean, I, you know, I like, I, I know people have said, oh, you know, the dog got sick, the operation was, you know, two mm. grand. I went, Get yeah, out of it, you know. Yeah. No, I know. I who have those breed dogs, and they they spend so much money. Dogs have epilepsy; they need constant scans, MRIs, that kind of mentalness. And you just go, it's so expensive, and you're kind of you're kind of in it then when you ha- you know if you're the kind of person that's not going to do the yeah. inverted commas cheaper option, you're in for it then. And then you know you just got to hope you have good pet insurance. And the poor dog is suffering the whole time. Yeah. He said there was like a pug that came into him and kept falling over; he couldn't breathe. So they had to put like a hole in his neck kind of thing. And I mean, there is a point, I think, and I love animals, but there is a point at which you have to say, you know, what are we doing this for? Like if there's too much intervention needed and too much operations and suffering and all the rest, you'd kind of wonder which is the the better option. But anyway, yeah, I killed a moth last night and I'm still not getting over it. A monster. A moth. When you're in bed and you're You're, reading. You were threatened. And the, and he was a big oh wow like with like I could you know you could hear him fluttering and he kept crashing into me I wouldn't mind it if he went over there but I had yeah. a little light on to read and of course he kept coming over and crashing into me so and you had to murder him no I didn't mean to I kind of whacked him and he died you meant you to stun him on strength I don't know what I meant I just meant to get him away but I was a bit I was a bit rough <laughs> oh god like a moth I feel to bad the flame. I feel yeah. bad a yeah. moth to the flame. Yeah. Yeah. did you hit him with the book was it a big book. <laughs> Was it the Bible? At least it was the Bible. I hit it with me Gideon Bible. Right. Oh God, well that'll give you a headache <laughs> at the very least. Right, here's the first question. We are married uh, early 50s with one child aged seven. My wife agreed that she would go back to work part-time uh, after our child went to school. Our daughter has been in school three years now and I've been struggling with the mortgage and bills, keeping food on the table, cars on the road, etc. Now there are extra costs with extracurricular hobbies, school costs and general cost of living. Every time I raise this issue with my wife, there's a big argument. She says she's looking but can't get anything. I don't believe that she's looking for work. She refuses to collect any unemployment welfare. So her only income is child allowance, which is not spent on the child. She accuses me of harassing her and calls me a bully. Then the child hears all the arguments and backs up her mother, also calling me a bully. This leads to days of a silent marriage. And we've been in separate bedrooms for years. So this just leaves me with no option but to go to work, remain quiet, keep the peace and pay the bills with nothing left in the bank for savings or holidays. I'm just keeping my head above water. Any advice? Lord. Gosh. <laughs> There's quite no. a lot. There's quite a lot going on here and quite a, quite a lot to unpack. And the first thing I want to say is that I think in a situation like this where the couple, one, the wife in particular, when it's the woman staying at home and doing the childcare and looking after the house and whatever, and the man going out and being the sole breadwinner and earning all the money that is needed to keep the whole uh, show on the road. Much in the same way as I think that the, the, the parent who stays at home and does all that it doesn't really get any credit from anybody mm, or society sure. or anything. I equally think that on the, the person on whose shoulders the entire financial burden is, I think that's very often not recognised either. And I think that is a huge stress if you're the one who has the sole responsibility of bringing in enough money uh, to cover all the bills. So I, I can understand why he does seem to be um, um, very angry. Um, and I think that's kind of fair enough. Um the other thing that kind of struck me, because again, we did that for about 10 years and I stayed at home and Sherwood was out um, uh, collecting bacon that I just cooked. Um, 
But the other thing was that I was about this. Well, she's in her early 50s. I was actually a bit younger when I remember recession happened and it was a case of like, OK, Scully, you've got to go back to work. Being 50 and having had a decade at home was like not sexy for anybody. It yeah. was really difficult mm. um, to get anybody to take you seriously. Um, but I mean, obviously, the biggest problem here, I think, is um, and the biggest red flag to me and the thing that actually made me cross is that why is the child in the middle of these arguments that they're yeah, having between yeah. them about this issue? So, you know, whatever the issue is, and in this case, it's money and it's, you know, who's working and who's not working in inverted commas, because I'm sure the wife would consider herself doing a job. But to have these arguments in front of the child and then allow the child to get involved in them so that yeah. the child is equally calling this the father a bully, that is completely a no-no as far as I'm concerned. And could put, and I'm not a child expert, but could be potentially really setting a, a bad example for this child that they'll carry into their adult life. Yeah. And it's just so unhealthy. So I would urge them to absolutely stop doing that. Um, yeah, I would wonder about that. If would you? It, well, I mean, it, to, to the extent that one or uh, that perhaps one party is raising their voice to such a uh, to such a degree that they make sure that the child hears it yes look what you're doing to our mm. child but also if so. the child he says the child is calling him a bully as well it's yeah. not just the wife but, like but that's also that awful even that like thing is like, how does that happen is the child smashing the, the doors open and walking in and going stop being a bully or is it kind of a parenting thing you know thing? all of us who are parents will have rows with your partner and nine times out of ten, OK, sometimes, you know, it goes wrong because you explode when mm. you hadn't intended to explode. Mm -hmm. But but most of the time, most parents that I know would make a huge effort not to, especially with a young yeah, child, absolutely. not to be within earshot of the young child. Because you do say things when you lose your temper that you possibly are ashamed of afterwards or, you, you know, that aren't clever or that aren't funny or smart or anything else. And to give the impression or to give the... Um, uh, thing to a child that that is an okay way to behave and an okay mm. way to solve problems is really awful. Um, so that that's that's the big thing. But the other thing is that I I kind of get you know I understand the and it's not I mean it's it's usually the woman but it's not always the woman. I understand the pull home the thing yeah. that you want to be at home you want to be running the house you want to be with your child. Now the child is at school so probably this woman could, would have the time to still be very hands-on but get a part-time job. But there are other ways to make money as well. Um, for example, if they... <laughs> you can stop that. That's sexist as well. Uh -huh. oh, no, it's not. <laughs> the job's going in the airport, yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah, 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 true. <laughs> but I mean, things like if they've only one child and they have like a three-bedroom house, they may have a, a bedroom that they could rent out yeah, to a student yeah. or something like that. There are ways that you could bring in some extra money without necessarily the wife being faced with going back to work, which seems to have become maybe... Well, actually, no, if they're in a three-bedroom house, they're in separate bedrooms. So. Oh, they're in separate bedrooms. Yeah. Okay, so once you get over that, yes. <laughs> you get back into the bedroom, maybe there's another one. Um, but the, that is the last thing that I'll say, is that, like, the fact that they're in separate bedrooms means they're kind of, I think, in trouble anyway. Anyway, yeah. And yeah. I think they, they there's a fair bit of work to be done here, more than me or the... Uh, philosophical Mr. Buckley will probably be yeah. able to solve philosophical push. I'm not going to be philosophical the first sentence in this thing is the only one that matters to me is that when they, they, they made a plan and and he, it, there was an agreement about how things were going to be and the, 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 the wife here in the situation is just not entertaining that discussion that's ever been had before so it's it's to kind of 
destabilise the kind of premise of their whole relationship to say when our kid goes back to go starts in school you're going to get a part time job no that never happened arguments arguments I agree with you completely that the way in which it's been handled is a mess yeah. but loads of it is a mess it's not about money because if it was about money and shortages in, in either of their pockets um, you know she would be applying for whatever financial assistance she can get from the you know the welfare system not wanting to sign on or whatever is a clear indication that she's happy with the way that the money situation is going I would be concerned that that's because she wants to position herself as completely dependent on him and that is my coded way and do you think that that's taken the easy way out or something like why would she want to do that if the relationship is completely over there's obvious kind of ongoing financial oh, you think payments. She's, she's thinking if you course. were to play the long game in that regard, yeah, I'm she's, completely dependent on him for when it comes to divvying up the, you know, uh, support I'm and such stuff. An innocent no, but that, that, yeah, that she gets she gets spousal support as well yeah, as child support. Okay. Ka-ching. Okay. And it's just, and it is that thing of like, again, that's, that's the, it. The only thing I'd say to you when you said about how they made it, you know, which they did, I accept. He says, my wife agreed she'd go back to part-time work after the child went to school. And I agree. Yeah, they have. But life doesn't of always course. unfold. And also, of course. Not. But the, and everything changes. But of course, but the conversation then has to be ha- had. It has to be like, this is what our values yes. are as a family. This is what we need. This is what has to happen. Of course, we have aspirational desires. Of course, both of them probably want to be with a drink in their hand by the by a pool, just doing nothing. But the reality is that you can't, you know, you can't do that. So you have to work out a practical way to make whatever but it the is work is, and I if think... you want to make it work together. And it seems to me that that's not what's happening. So he's right to be worried. Yeah, he is feels... right to be worried. But I think also they've gone so far down the road where they're both now in separate rooms. That communication mm. obviously is not where it even halfway should be. Um, Because I think if he, if they could both get to a point where they could sit down and have a civil conversation with each other and an open and honest conversation with each other where she could explain why she doesn't want to go back to paid work outside the home, even part-time, and he could explain how he feels stressed or he wants to be able to go on holidays or whatever it is that, that is his end. Because it has to be more than just, well, you said you'd go back, so why didn't you go back? Like, that's a stupid, childish kind of um, thing to take, if, if she has a reason why. But they're not hearing each other and they're mm, not talking yeah. to each other. And they're using it kind of punitively as well, as that he's seeing the child allowance as something that she's, you know, taken for her own yeah, ends. what does and that mean? That it, does, it she doesn't that spend it on the child? What does she spend on the groceries? Or is he saying she's going out having a night out with that's Betty what down the like road? Yeah. You see, is it, I, but I think that, like, that's the question. The central issue actually isn't about her going back to work. The central me. issue is our marriage is in the toilet. Yeah. How did we get to this point? Because obviously, yeah. and, and it sounds like before the child was born, they were, you know, they were making agreements. There was communication there. Something disastrous has happened to the, the relationship other, during the course of, you know, I'm the not other blaming thing. the child, but, you know. The, the, <laughs> she but, sounds like a right But, but sometimes that can be a factor <laughs> in, in yeah. that, you know, because, you know, the, the people's no, attention yeah, is true. elsewhere, etc., that's really what maybe they should use the children's allowance to go for a bit of counselling. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, no, I, I would then. think a bit of counselling would be very worthwhile. If you were in a situation, just let, let's flip the whole thing over. If you were the, the woman in the situation and the one source of financial independence you have is this, is this money coming in and it's the child allowance and that's yours to child spend. Allowances you, flip all now, as regardless well. ah, yeah. about that. It's regardless. I'm not talking about how much independence. I'm just talking. Yeah, but he's mentioned. He's the one who's bringing it up. So you know, for yeah. him, it's a thing. Is it giving her more freedom than what he would like? You get much freedom on feckin the child allowance. The thing that I think again, and I'm only thinking of it now, I'm only seeing it now, is he, at the very end, he said, 
he's left with no option but to go to work, remain quiet, keep the peace and pay the bills. Like, you know, he, there's a bit of a victim thing going on here as well. I think he needs to kind of, I hate to use the term man up, but he needs to man up. Well, and he needs to have an well, honest conversation. The, 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 she's calling him, her, she's saying he's harassing her and, and he's a bully. So they both feel victimised by this. They both situation. need to partner up. They, they both have to acknowledge what it is, that, you know, that they're actually in something together. And if they're not in it together, then they need to just, that's right. you need that's to acknowledge true. that. And that's, that's basically what's really at, at the core of this, is that the communication seems to have broken down. Is it, it, it um, if, is it um, what's the word I'm looking Irretrievable. for Irretrievable. Irretrievable. thank you um, we both said or, that at the same time wow um, scary yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what what happens next you know is because it, it can't play on like this I forever. think they will need, I think they've gone so far down the road I think you're right Sean I think they'll probably need somebody to help them to kind of mm. get if there's anything to retrieve in the, in the marriage I think they will need yeah. some outside Well the, uh, the jury of skilled professionals who go. takes into this programme uh, it's definitive uh, by a he landslide it's all over yeah. uh, uh, that's, yeah. that's pretty much the, uh, the, the consensus Called there uh, Right we do <laughs> Oh God 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents you're listening to the Moncrief show on News Talk Barbara and Declan are still with us there was a question they were dealing with uh, within a marriage some financial strain she said she'd go back to work after the child was born she's not going back to work uh, she says he's bullying her he feels that uh, um, she's broken a promise uh, they're in separate beds and have been for some time uh, AD says if the mother wants to stay at home she could consider becoming a childminder and earn a small income while being available for her child Childminding Ireland can help her with training and insurance and in most cases the income would be tax free Uh, someone else says that woman may not be entitled to an unemployment payment depending on the amount the husband is earning my ex-husband was furious when this happened to me he was on 75k and mocked me for only being able to find work paying 35k myself and the dog happily left him 10 years ago and uh, someone else says uh, send the child to granny those two need to ride and get sloshed. Solves everything. Uh, most people do it in the reverse, reverse order, order, but yeah. fair enough. Uh, uh, worth a go, I suppose. <laughs> Which leads nicely to. Yes. Yeah. I need advice on getting over regret. I'm in my late 30s and can't stop thinking about all the things I didn't do. I feel like I chose the safe path into a career that pays well but doesn't excite me. I've had two medium-term relationships over three years with men that weren't a good match for me, which I knew at the time. And while I'm financially secure, I feel like I've missed out on so much. I didn't travel in my 20s, didn't go to Australia with my friends for a year. I never even had a joint. I'm single at the moment with a full diary of pandemic-postponed weddings this year and a school reunion next month. How can I come to accept my life choice? Choices and stop regretting all the decisions that led me to this point. Wow. Oh, regrets. Okay. I've had a few. Um, look, the thing about regrets is that most people, when it comes to regrets, they're kind of thinking in terms of the things, like, like this letter writer, about the things that they didn't do. Um, you, you regret the choices, you yeah. know, the road mm. that you didn't travel down on. And, and in that kind of thought process, you tend to forget that the reason why you didn't take that road was because you were at a fork in the road and you took a different choice that yeah. at the time at least seemed like an equivalent. Like you, you, you were making a choice between two things because if there was one way more better choice, you would have taken that choice at the time rather than the, the one that you did. So um, what it really means, I suppose, when you boil it down to it, uh, is that regrets kind of imply 
that you've had choices or opportunities. So in, in, in kind of a weird sense, it means you had a life of, of options. You, you, you made choices. And for some reason, and this is getting to the thing for me, for some reason right now in your life, you're starting to worry about something. Something is triggering you. Big to make maybe big coming up. evaluations. Yeah, it could be anything. It could yeah. be like the, 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 the school reunions or the weddings that mm. are coming up, whatever it is. There's something happening though that, that's making you take stock in this big, mad, wide, far-ranging, evaluative way of your life and you're kind of feeling that you're coming up short in some way. And I think that's really unhelpful because it, like... Yeah. As I said already, you know, you made each of those choices as you were going through in its own kind of bona fide as you went. I have a choice between going left or right now. What will I choose? Will I go to Australia? Will I stay here and get my promotion? Everybody makes choices. Everybody has, you know, regrets. If you don't have regrets, you never had any options. So, you know, the people who have had loads of regrets tend to have had a life full of choices and options. And that's, I suppose, inherently a good thing. I think, again, when it comes down to like what those regrets are they're being triggered by something so something is, is triggering her feelings um, life stages often do that for us I think it, what's really helpful in that instance is not to be looking back over your shoulder and thinking about you know making kind of analysis of the relationships that at the time you knew weren't right for you so you ended what else were you going to do that's not a regret that's a, that's a correct choice for you and um, you know you can also make changes in your life going forward to go okay so you've never been to Australia you want to know what that's like go to Australia you know do it do you, you never had a joint go to Australia <laughs> and get stoned out of your yeah, gourd or, Easy. yeah exactly yeah. the but grass th- is always greener as they yeah. say in joint land <laughs> what I thought was interesting and kind of weird and sad is the fact that a lot of this letter is written like as if this person's about 150 and it's in the past yeah. you know like um, I regret the things I didn't do rather than I regret the things I haven't done yet <laughs> do you know what I mean like they're only in their 30s albeit their late 30s um, and you know I, I agree with everything that Declan said but I do think that I think it's very highly likely that it is exactly the school reunion or a, an upcoming wedding where you're going to meet a lot of old friends that you're comparing yourself with your peers and you mm. feel you're coming up short because they had this smorgasbord of um, uh, adventure, if you like, that you didn't participate in because you were the safe Snorting one. marijuana off the backs of their lovers. Yeah, exactly. or whatever yeah, whatever yeah. people do. Exactly. Yeah. Growing grass. Yeah. Growing grass. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Growing turf. But, and I also think your 30s is very often the decade where you start to kind of go, oh God, is this it? Do you know? Yeah. You kind of, your 20s, you're still either travelling to Australia and smoking joints or you're building your career or you're doing whatever and I think suddenly you get to into your 30s and you kind of feel now I'm a full adult and if I, if you haven't achieved certain things or ticked certain boxes you feel you've come up short so I think all of that is actually uh, 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 very natural but I also think that this person should remember that perhaps some of her peers who went to Australia and smoked the joints and now perhaps are dealing with young children are probably looking at her or him saying, Jeannie Mac, you know, financially secure, freedom to do whatever they want, live their lives exactly as they want. Yeah, so, I, I wonder though, I, I, is she getting this? Or is she still getting that? Ah, you'll meet someone. Oh, probably. As if, as if her entire, the, the entire like value of her life pivots yeah. around whether she's going to meet a man. Yeah. And she had the wit to be in two uh, long relationships and go, yeah. no, not for me. Yeah, exactly. Which will actually 
it's she made positive decisions there. Yeah. So, you know, the, she should pat herself on the back for that. How many of those people in, you know, in maybe 10 years time would go, I wish I hadn't married Tommy or whatever, yeah, exactly. you know, or like our previous person. I think exactly. it's very easy to kind of, to, to want to, you know, re- it's very reductive to kind of try to have the narrative of your life where you kind of have something exciting to say where I went scuba diving off Bali yeah. once, you know, and oh no, I didn't, I stayed in my accounting job where, you know, yeah. now I've made partner. You know, that's a boring story compared to the scuba diving, which that was only a week, by the way. I've been a partner for two years. You know, sometimes when people are describing what they're doing or they're describing their accomplishments, they talk about the thing they did in their two weeks on holidays and they don't talk about the other 50 weeks of the year. Whereas for this person, it sounds to me like that they made a choice earlier on, a choice, by the way, which they they can change their mind over. But they made a choice over their career. They pursue that path. They've kind of ticked a few boxes there. And now they're thinking about the other things that they didn't do, which... All I'm trying to say is that it could quite easily have been the complete opposite. Yeah. They could have been gallivanting in the Galapagos, whatever they call it. Galapagos. Galapagos. Yeah. Right on the back of giant turtles. Are you allowed gallivanting that island? I don't I'm think you're allowed sure. gallivanting. Yeah. No. So you could probably go on it when those it's big cruise protected. ships yeah. right up into the... Into the, they bring the cruise ships right into it though don't they they destroy yeah. the ecosystem yeah. that way but you could be gallivanting around wherever you're going to gallivant and have done all of your kind of wild oat sowing stuff and then suddenly because this is how humans are you want you crave the stability of the full time yeah. job you crave whatever it is you didn't have and so yeah. therefore getting back to her joint smoking you do want the grass but isn't it a case of side. very often like you just need to it's almost like you need to take off the glasses you're wearing and put on a different set of glasses and the other thing that they need to see is that they're only in their late 30s they have yeah. decades yeah. left hopefully of good health and energy and all the rest of it where you can travel to Australia not just once but multiple times yeah. and you can smoke as many joints as you and want and you can it. do Maybe all the other stuff. smoke a joint this weekend and, and, and work on small plans you know like not seeing the whole thing from like kind of space looking down at her life and judging it in this really kind of weird holistic way to actually go And the best thing, thing that she can do when she attends a wedding or a, a reunion or anything else is to even if she's not convinced of it herself is give the impression she's entirely happy with all her choices <laughs> and delighted with where she finds herself. Yeah. And that'll make her feel again, better about it. Who isn't entirely happy with all nobody. their choices no matter where they are no, in life? Nobody. Uh, but somebody's we still te- all pretend we are. But somebody's texted in with the perfect uh, uh, solution to this problem. Uh, that regretful person needs to have a right and get slash solves everything. Absolutely <laughs> okay. true. Absolutely true. Uh, is it normal to still have your childhood teddy bear and blankie? I left home four years ago after college. I'm in a house share and I hide them in case someone saw them on my bed. But I just can't get rid of them. They're so familiar to me that I struggle to fall asleep without them. I've had a couple of boyfriends and only one of them knew about the teddy and blanket. And while he tried to be cool about it, I knew he thought it was bonkers. Do other people hang on to these things? God. <laughs> yes, absolutely. They do. I've, uh, they do. Uh, oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I have no experience. That. I was just going to say, I have no idea whether people do or don't. I have no experience of anybody I know as an adult holding on to. I mean, I know people... I might be married to one who has a teddy that's like totally like ancient hair all fallen off one ear but it's in a cupboard like it never sees the light of day he's not snuggling it up going to sleep so I don't know of too many people who do that but having said that a lot of people I'm sure wouldn't admit to it (laughs) even if they did it Um, 
And then again, you know, when I was reading this and I was thinking, oh, that is a bit weird. And then I was thinking, who am I to judge? I can't fall asleep if my mobile phone isn't within arm's reach of me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is like my comfort blanket. Uh, so no judgment. I think the issue here with this person is, do they want to get rid of the blankie and the teddy? Like, would they wish that they didn't have to hide them and pretend they don't exist with their flatmates? Do they wish they didn't have to potentially explain them to a boyfriend or whatever? Or are they happy enough to hold on to them? Because if you want to get rid of them, you can start to wean yourself off them and you can, you know, get rid of them. It sounds to me like they don't want to. And then if you don't want to, then, but you have to own it and you have to be, you know, uh, up, yeah, not necessarily up front, but you have to be willing that somebody will find out about it and you have to be willing to be happy with that choice. Come back to choices that you make. Um, personally, I think it might, because those things always remind me as well. I mean, I remember when the kids were small. None of mine were really hugely into this this kind of stuff. But I know from other kids who were, like the things that they held on to, these comforty things, just became like threadbare and falling apart and ugly looking. And you couldn't put them in the washing machine because they'd just completely fall apart. And so the whole thing is a bit like unsavoury. Shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think though that she, th- this person saying she wants to get rid of it. I'm thinking she, she wants to she know. Wants... She like is it normal? No, is what she wants to know. It's not really. Well, I, I oh don't gosh, agree. Judgy pants. There. Yeah. Well, you've, already, you've already said that you know at least one person who has an old teddy that they for whatever reason it's in a cupboard. It's still in their life. It's in. It's still in the if life I took hand. it away and threw it in the bin, he'd never know. Okay, fine. Okay, uh, he would find out eventually. Yeah. In about yeah. 25 years, <laughs> yeah. I'd say. Yeah. But I think because it's kind of wrapped up in a nostalgia rather than some kind of emotional crutch, it's a nostalgia thing. I think that's often what the problem is around these childhood toys is that they, they evoke memories and they have this kind of nostalgic value that is also integrated with, you know, the, the support and security systems uh. that everybody everybody has you pointed out what your one was about the phone that you have kind of you know we all have little things like that it's I just that you could see instance, your phone beside the bed as well yeah exactly yeah just in case you text me and you never do <laughs> yeah um, but, tonight sunshine but, your but, phone will be binging all but night but there's nothing weird or abnormal about this I think I think it has an, an element of, of like kind of juvenile of it yes. and I think that's what there's a feeling would you ever grow up Sheila is kind of what she's feeling about it and I think at the end of the day if, as long as she has grown up in the rest of her world and it's just a little kind of hangover from her childhood I don't see there being any problem but if this is it is some kind of but it clearly is a problem thing. for her she wouldn't be writing to us she's afraid her flatmates are going to find them that because she's going to be flagged and that's like nobody yeah, wants to be flagged but that's what I mean if you're happy with it own it yeah. Yeah, not no, then live your life kind of pretending you're, you, you don't have this the mm. other thing that would, I mean I get the nostalgia thing and all the rest of it but the thing about like I struggle to fall asleep without them you you know that's just habit, I think, says she. But, yeah. you know, I, I could imagine you could wean yourself off Yeah, but we all have habits. That. I mean, getting back to smoking joints. No, but we all have We all have <laughs> such habits. such a show-off. Do <laughs> I don't such smoke a up and down. Um, look, Is that a better way of getting to sleep, Declan? <laughs> way better, way better. Man. Much better dreams. Uh, lucid dreams, man. Lucid dreams <laughs> and hopes. No, I think at the end of the day, look, honestly, it's not doing anybody any harm, so get over it. I mean, George has been a little bit child is no different than look, we all know these people who yeah, have but put like, that in the context of a, a sexual relationship it's a is it not a bit like oh, what's well, going no, on well no no if it's is sexy it? time like you're going to put the, cover, uh, the teddy away but I would she said one of her boyfriends knew about it because yeah. she can't go to sleep afterwards well, now, I mean, it, it depends like if, if like if it's on the bed like that's weird that would put me off it's like having your pet in the room looking at you but after sexy time if she's you know you know 
<laughs> cats there looking at you. So we've had cats bounce. <laughs> yeah. But um but if she has to after sexy time go and get the thing out of the drawer or the cupboard or wherever because she can't go to sleep, is that not a bit like mm, Yeah, okay, that would be, be great. strange. Well, I don't know, you can get used to anything. Uh, really? And uh, it's like, like in the whole <laughs> in the in the constellation of weird stuff that yeah, can happen during not, sexy time, this is really I like a mild If it's a sleeping thing and she can't act like if it's that in some circumstances she she's just more comfortable sleeping with it as opposed to it's so ingrained into her But she's saying she can't fall asleep without it. So so there could be that she's got some kind of compulsion that she might need to talk to somebody about that, you know, whatever. But like I don't know <laughs> I'm addicted to my teddy bear. I love, bear. It, yeah. <laughs> I love tiny tears so much. I can't sleep without it. Um, but like the reality of it is, I think. Look, if maybe the boyfriend will replace the one-eyed teddy bear or whatever over time, but it's a teddy and blanket. Yeah, I think she should get a cat. Although you can't really cut oh, the cats. You're right, they must be stink at this stage. They'd be stink at, that's the thing yeah. that would like, I'd be like, they're never very savoury, yeah. you know? Even when toddlers have them, you know. They're, no, because they drool all because over they them. Because they drool, <laughs> they stick them in their mouths or up their noses yeah. very often. Do you know what I mean? It's not that they cuddle them. They usually oh God, does she do that? Her. Is that what she does? She's at home with the boyfriend with a teddy shoved up her nose oh. and he's going, sexy time. Oh no. But is oh, it that what kids usually do with them? They don't cuddle them. No, they do. Yeah, you're right. They use them as a hanky. Right. Yeah, I, I still, I still think that there's a Declan lot. Declan of... thinks you're okay. Yeah, fire ahead. I think maybe think you're giving it up. Yeah, if you ever have to want sex again, <laughs> give it up. Give it up. Yeah. Or at least you know, yeah. no, tone down it. Barbara and Declan, thank you both uh, very much. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. You can go outside now and cool down. Uh, yeah, coming oh up my next. Yeah, the air conditioning isn't on in the studio today, so it is like a sauna. Declan's nipples are a sight to behold, I must say. Right, we're going to take a break after that. Yes, you can grow spuds on Mars. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 pm on News Talk.